0: Please remain standing and turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians. We're reading from Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 11 this morning. It's Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11. uh, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Hear now the word of the Lord. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God the grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our Lord remains forever you may be seated please pray with me Heavenly Father I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing and honoring in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name alone that we pray, amen. Well, I was going to uh, try and get through this without maybe shedding a tear this morning, but... That, that already hasn't happened. So, um, if there are going to be some, there, there may be some pauses during the sermon this morning. Uh, Heath, if you could just edit those out in the recording, I would appreciate that. Um, but um, it's hard to, to imagine that this is, this is it. Um, I was thinking back on our time, and um, you know how funny time is, that as you look back, uh, it seems like time is, is traveling both at the, the speed of the tortoise and the hare all at the same time. Uh, you can't imagine that uh, it's only been three years, and then you're like, wow, it's gone by so quickly as well. Uh, it's, uh, time is a, is a really funny feeling. Um, preparing a final sermon isn't easy. <laughs> it, uh, it really isn't. Uh, you know, I thought about just marching on through the book of Acts and just continuing, and wherever God would have us uh, to, to conclude, that would be fine. Um, but then God gave me this passage from the book of Philippians. Uh, Philippians is one of my favorite books in all of scripture. Uh, I was excited when the ladies Bible study wanted to study that, um, because, um, uh, when I, uh, when I think of all the favorite passages that I have in scripture, a lot of them come out of the book of Philippians. So, um, God brought me to this passage in, in Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11, And uh, it's a familiar one to me because every time that someone makes a profession of faith, uh, every time someone goes through the communicants class, this is the verse that I write in their Bibles uh, as we give them to them. Uh, It's Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11. Because this is my prayer for them as they grow in grace and in the knowledge of of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, My encouragement to them is that the, the work that God began in them He will see it through to completion. And that is also uh, the promise that He has for us as well. So uh, I thought this would be a good passage for us to look at one final time uh, as we dive into God's Word uh, for the final time together. Uh, So I have two points for us this morning. It's very simple, very basic. Um, We stayed at the Venanks' house last night, and they were asking me about the sermon this morning. And I jokingly said, well, since it's the last time, I'm going to fit in all that I ever wanted to say all into one sermon. (laughs) They said, you can't do that. We have fellowship lunch. (laughs) I was like, oh, you're right. Um, But uh, we have two points this morning. One is that I love you. I knew knew that was going to be hard to say. Um, I love you. Uh, That's the first point. Uh, And number two, and maybe even more importantly, certainly more importantly, is that Jesus loves you. So two points, I love you and, and Jesus loves you. So we stopped off in the book of Acts in chapter four, and if you keep on going through the book of Acts, you'll come to the conversion of Saul, who later on becomes Paul and who becomes the greatest missionary church planter that the church has ever seen. Uh, what God did through the Apostle Paul is just incredible. Uh, He took several missionary journeys. He took several companions with him. And on one of his journeys, he has a dream where he sees a man of Macedonia. And this man of Macedonia uh, implores him to come and to share the gospel with them. And so Paul sees this, obviously, as a prompting of the Holy Spirit. And so he and Silas take off for Macedonia, which is where Philippi is located. And when they land in Philippi, they begin sharing the gospel there, and one of the first converts in Philippi is a woman named Lydia. She is a seller of purple cloth, and uh, her and her entire household uh, are baptized and converted. Later, it is in Philippi Philippi that Paul and Silas run into trouble. They see a a girl there who is demon-possessed, and what she is doing is she is telling fortunes to people. So her owners are making a lot of money off of her and her demon possession. And Paul and Silas cast out this demon. The, her, um, uh, her owners are obviously very upset, and they throw Paul and Silas in prison. And this is the famous imprisonment where Paul and Silas are singing in the middle of the night. And there's this great earthquake, and all the doors of the prison are, are just fly open. But none of the prisoners leave. And at that point, uh, the jailer is about to take his own life. Paul and Silas share the gospel with him, and he is converted, and his whole household as well are baptized. So this is the context that uh, Paul is uh, sharing the gospel here in Philippi. Uh, This is the the context where the church begins here. Uh, This is why Paul had a certain affinity for the church at Philippi, uh, because of how it began, but also because of the love that they had for him. They would often send him gifts uh, and try to encourage him as much as they could. Uh, There was a mutual love and a caring for each other that Paul brings to light here uh, at the beginning of Philippians. So Paul tells the Philippians that he thanked God for them, that he prays with joy for them, that he holds them in his heart, that he yearns for them with all the affection of Christ. And I want to talk about this, this phrase, yearning for them, with all the affection of Christ, because it's a very interesting word in the Greek. Uh, the verb form of this word is actually splonk nidzomai. It's actually really fun to say splonk nidzomai. Um, but what it means? Well, let me read another verse where this this word is also used. It's in Acts one verse eighteen. Um, in our verse, it's translated affection, but in this verse, it's translated something very different says and this is describing the death of Judas after he um, uh, after he betrays Christ. It says now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong he burst out open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. So the word in our uh, passage this morning translated affection is actually translated bowels in Acts 1:18 because it's the same sense Because back in the time of Paul, that was kind of the seat of their emotions, was their bowels. So you could say to one another, in a sense, I love you from the depths of my bowels. Uh, I don't think it has the same ring to us today. Um, I think it's good that we've converted it to heart. Uh, I don't think my wife would appreciate it if I said, oh honey, I love you from the depths of my bowels. (laughs) She wouldn't appreciate that. Um, But that's the kind of sense that we have uh, from this. Uh, the word affections and bowels are the, the, come from the same root word in the Greek. So back in the time of Paul, this is how they talked about their emotions. So Trinity, what I want to say to you this morning is I love you from the depths of my bowels. <laughs> I really do. Um, as I was thinking about preparing this sermon, what I wanted uh, to communicate to you is my love that I have for you, of the partnership that we have had in the gospel from the beginning. And I was thinking about the ways um, and the reasons why I love this church so much. And uh, one of the major reasons why I love this church so much is because of what you have allowed me to do as your pastor. I love you because you have allowed me to pastor out of my weakness. My prayer is that one of the themes that you have picked up during my time here is this: is that God's grace is sufficient for you, for His power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God reminded me very clearly the first weekend I was here of my own weaknesses. Um, Many of you may remember the story of of Stephanie and I's first weekend here. Uh, We had tried to load up all of our things in a U-Haul, and I kept telling Stephanie, it's going to be fine, we're going to fit everything, Uh, it's going to be no problem. (laughs) Well, it turns out it was a problem, and we didn't fit everything. (laughs) And we had to leave some things back in Georgia. And so uh, we had everything crammed into the biggest U-Haul that they had. And uh, we arrived here on Saturday. Uh, We parked the truck here in the parking lot, and we stayed the night and Sunday night uh, with Sean and Lindsay Powers. Uh, They graciously opened up their home to us. Uh, My parents came down for the weekend as well. They have a fifth wheel, and so they were down in a campground near Scott. So Sunday morning, I preached here uh, the first sermon, and uh, we went off in the afternoon and spent some time uh, with my parents at the campground there. And while I was there, I was doing the typical dad thing, trying to show my kids uh, how manly I was, how strong I was. So I took a stick and I whacked it against a tree. I don't know why I think that that would show my my manliness or my strength, but I wanted to show them that this would shatter against this tree. And so, in God's providence, what happened was a, a small shard of that stick came right back and hit me right in the eye. I mean, square in the eye. I didn't get hit anywhere else except for right in my right eye. Uh, I tried to shake it off. My vision was blurry at that time. I thought it would just come back. Uh, As the evening progressed, it got worse and worse, and finally I looked at Stephanie and I said, we gotta do something about this. So, on my first Sunday here, I ended up in the ER (laughs) at UAMS. And that was where I met Tom Mirabella for the first time. He came and visited me uh, in the ER there. Uh, My father had uh, driven me over there and uh, needless to say, I was very embarrassed. Um, but uh, as, the, uh, as the eye doctor there uh, tended to me, one of the things he said as he was discharging me, he said, you got to take it easy, you got to be careful with this, you can't put pressure, and make sure you don't lift any heavy objects. <laughs> and I looked at him, I was like, do you realize what we're doing tomorrow? I said, I'm moving tomorrow. I'm moving all my stuff. Like, I have to be lifting. He said, no, you can't do that. Uh, it'll cause strain on your eye and so from my very first weekend here uh, God was showing me that I was going to be pastoring out of weakness because what I had to do was to stand by and watch you guys move all of my heavy furniture and as you know I have some heavy furniture (laughs) as you guys have helped me move Uh, so I had to stand there and watch as you guys did that and as you guys served me Uh, I wanted to be the one who was lifting those heavy things. Uh, But from the very beginning, God was teaching me that being the pastor of a church didn't mean that I would be the one doing everything. Instead, it means that being a church means that we work together, using the gifts that God has given for mutual love and encouragement. Being a church means that everyone works together and that we have a relationship that's called a partnership which uh, Paul describes here. And I feel like that's similar to what we've experienced here at Trinity. I feel like we've experienced a partnership in the gospel. And I pray that as we move on from this and as a new pastor is called to Trinity, I pray that that would continue as you call a new pastor. You know, I love Trinity because you have loved me well. You have encouraged me. You have endured me. Uh, You have uh, continued to come to me even when I didn't have all the answers. Uh, The partnership that we have enjoyed hasn't been perfect. Sometimes there has been times of frustration. There have been times when I have frustrated you. There have been times when I feel like I have failed you as well. And honestly, for those times, allow me to apologize. I'm sorry. I wish that I was the perfect pastor, uh, that I would do everything right every time. But just like you guys, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner who is saved by grace. No one likes to fail another person, but you have allowed me to make mistakes, and you have loved me through it, and for that, I am eternally grateful. Um, I love you, Trinity, because of who you are. I love you because of the leaders who love you and desire to shepherd you well. I, I love you because of the love that you have for one another, that you help each other even when you, um, uh, with the needs that you have. Sometimes uh, I don't even hear about the needs until after the fact and how it's already been taken care of as a church, and I love that. And I love that about this fellowship. Uh, I love you because of your generosity that every time a missionary comes up, and we set the plate out in the foyer, they are they are just blown away by the generosity of this seemingly small congregation. And they always walk away blessed by us. Um, I love that. Um, because I love this church, I desire to see this church grow. Um, you know, Trinity is not a perfect church. Uh, there's no such thing as the perfect church. Uh, Trinity could not be perfect as long as I was your pastor. Um, Trinity couldn't be perfect because we're people, because we're sinners saved by grace. But where I would love to see Trinity grow is this. I would love to see the men of Trinity continue to grow in the gifts that God has given them, continue to lead this church, their family, this community well. Um, As I look back, it's exciting to see where God has brought the men of this congregation um, one of my fondest memories is the two years of Tuesday mornings that I spent with the CLC group uh, for the, the relationships that we developed there and for the ways that I see God working through that group right now. Um, I love that we are involved in missional community groups right now, uh, that there is a fellowship here outside these four walls, and I would love to see that continue to grow uh, I love to see that Trinity is involved in supporting church planting now. Uh, remember at one point we had a congregational meeting where we talked about what it would look like for Trinity to plant a church? Well, instead of us planting a church, we have the ability to support Dan Anderson, who's doing that right now in the Heights. Um, and uh, we have uh, also the opportunity to support Jeff Rayford, who's going to be coming and planting in Jonesboro. He's raising support right now and we will be hitting the ground in the next couple of months. And in terms of churches in Arkansas, we're the closest PCA church to Jonesboro. Uh, Memphis is a little closer to us, but in Arkansas, we're it. We're it. And uh, so we're going to have the opportunity to support Jeff and uh, his young family as they uh, plant as well. So, So the first point is this. I said, I love you, Trinity. I really do. I love you from the depths of my bowels. I love you from the depths of my heart. Um, But the reason that Paul could say that he loved the Philippians, and the reason that I can say that I love you as a church as well, is because of the great love that God has poured out on us through Christ. The reason that we can love is because Christ loved first. You know, several times in the Gospels, Jesus is described uh, with this word "splonk nidzomai" in the Greek. Uh, in Luke chapter 7, when he comes upon this widow of Nain and this great funeral procession um, that she uh, lost her only son and she herself is a widow, he comes up to her, he has compassion on her, and he heals her son. And in that word, has compassion on her, that's the Greek word for "splonk nizomai. Often in Mark and in Matthew, several times he looks out over the crowds and he has compassion on them. His affections are placed upon them. Uh, Even in the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, the Good Samaritan is described as having compassion. Uh, The father, in the story of the prodigal son, looks on his son in the distance and he has compassion on him. We know that is a caricature of God the Father having compassion on us. The reason that Paul could set his affections on the Philippians was because Christ first set his affections on Paul. We love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says this, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, that we might live through him, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. God has poured out his great love on us through Jesus Christ. That we, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As I've already mentioned, one of the things that I've really appreciated over the last three and a half years is that you have allowed me to be a sinner in front of you. Uh, particularly from the pulpit. Uh, it's been a blessing to me, and I hope that's been a blessing to you as well. Um, often in my life, uh, the shame and the guilt that I have because of my sin uh, causes me to hide. It, uh, the shame surrounds the dark and ugly things in my life, and it, it causes me to want to cover them up, to hide who I really am, and in, instead to present someone who is better. But God's great love for us through Christ breaks through our guilt, and it breaks through our shame. And Christ nailed it to the cross, and we bear it no more. Knowing that Christ has overcome our sin and our struggles, we can freely admit our sins and our struggles before God and one another. So less than a year ago, I stood before you and I admitted that I struggled in my life with the sin of pornography. And that's not easy for a pastor to do in his congregation. As I was interviewing with the the Nashville Presbytery, that's one of the questions that they always ask all the men who are transferring in uh, into any presbytery, because the struggle with pornography is so prevalent, even in our churches, especially in our churches. And I was able to tell them that this is something that I've struggled with, but it's something that I've been able to even share with my congregation. And they were blown away by that. The reason why I could do that is because of the love that God has for us where we don't have to hide our sin and our shame because Christ has come so that he could forgive our sin and our shame you know following that message I had more people come up to me that week having discussions regarding the gospel than I have had with any other message that that I've ever given and that's the beauty of the gospel it's not that Christians are amazing people who have all their act together that we never struggle with anything. Christians are broken people who know that they have been saved by grace through faith. It's because of the love that God has for us. Christians are people who know that they are loved by God, not because of anything good that they have done, but in spite of the evil that they have done. So, the message that I want to leave with you as a congregation as brothers and sisters in Christ, is very simply this, is that Jesus loves you. Later on in Philippians, Paul describes the gospel in this way, in Philippians 2. He says, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So this is what I hope that you guys remember over the last three and a half years. Honestly, I hope that my memory fades, but that the memory of Christ and his love continues to deepen and grow. You know, 32 years ago, God started a work here at Trinity Fellowship Church, or should I say Northside Presbyterian Church. He started with Steve Sanford and with a group who wanted something north of the river here on Northside. And I have all the confidence in the world, the same confidence that Paul had with the Philippians, that God who began a good work here 32 years ago is going to see it through to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So um, as I step down from this pulpit for the final time, I know that God is going to bring this work through to completion. And this is the good work that I pray that I'm referring to here, is that there will be a brokenness in this congregation that leads to repentance and faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so my prayer for Trinity has always been from the beginning, as Paul's prayer for the Philippians was as well, that God who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. That as he works out his will in you, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, that you will approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. So as I conclude this morning, I just want to reiterate, Trinity, I love you. Thank you for the last three and a half years where you've allowed me to be your pastor through weakness through brokenness, through my trials and struggles, through success, but mostly through failure of my own. Uh, Thank you for the ways that you have trusted me and allowed me to display the gospel to you. Um, I pray that as I step down, that Christ would be exalted and that the glory of God would be revealed here. But more importantly than my love for you is the love that God has for you through Jesus Christ. As we conclude this morning, we're gonna sing on Jordan's stormy banks, I stand. Uh, My joy is that this is not the end. Um, Yes, we're saying goodbye, but we get to see each other again as we're standing on the banks of the Jordan, as we're looking forward to that promised land where there will be no more goodbyes, where there will be no more pain and suffering, where we get to spend eternity together, rejoicing in fellowship with one another what I long for is come Lord Jesus come so that we can experience that joy together let us pray our most gracious God and our Father in heaven I thank you for the love that you have poured out on us through your son Jesus Christ that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us thank you that you have set your affections on us through Christ That you have loved us from the depths of your being. That you have loved us with your whole heart, with all of your bowels. You have loved us, Lord, to the end. And I pray that we would just bask in that love that you have for us, Lord. That we would be encouraged in the truth of the gospel. That in our brokenness, we would bring it to you. That we would come before you in repentance and faith. That we would know and understand this truth of the gospel that you have begun a good work in us and that you will see it through to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. We thank you that you are a good and sovereign God who is working out all things for your good, even in our very lives. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I pray that you would continue to work in and through her, your bride that you would continue to show your love for her, that your love that is so deep and so wide. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.